Hey y'all, this week's episode of Hella Single is brought to you thanks to Julu Soaps. Julu is a full bath and body line that includes shower gels, body mist, body souffles, and more. It's been placed in the hands of A-list celebrities like Kelly Clarkson, Gwen Stefani, and Megan Fox. Shop Julu at Julu.com. It's J-E-W-L-U.com. An all new episode of Hella Single starts right now. Just another elephant in the room. A mummy up in the tomb. A Monday monsoon. We soaking wet. Said I love your flesh, but I dig your brain more. So tell there's nothing left. Get what we came for. Is it fame? Fame. Is it love for somebody who ain't never gonna love you back? So we fighting wars to keep our hearts intact. You trying to ditch your armor? What's the sense in that? I mean, we all chasing something. Some people just run in place and try to drown it out with Hennessy by the case. You know I love you, but I gotta change my number because my niggas living hella single all Damn summer Looking cold as winter Baby roll with the winners Tell them mind it business You know we really gon' get it Whip it like a Zabimas But we ain't taking numbers My niggas living hella single All damn summer Hey, what's going on, folks? This is Hella Sego. I'm your host, Lamar Baldwin. Now, on this show, we have some really honest conversations about love, dating, and relationships. Essentially, the struggles and triumphs of being single, black, and queer in New York City. And I am hella single. This sounds like a, a singles anonymous meeting. And Samson McCormick is here, the comedian extraordinaire. Hey, hey. What's going on, buddy? I'm just, I'm here, living life blessed. Let's live in your best life. So we're in Samson's hotel room right now. This hotel is beautiful. Isn't it? All I need is a little cabana boy in here. So that would be lit. But we got Lamont. Lamont is cute. Listen, Lamont I'm doing, is, the, I'm doing is, the best I can. Lamont is sitting on my bed, <laughs> so I can say I had a man in my bed this visit. You did, but I'm clothed though, so I don't know if yeah, it counts. He has on clo- it counts. I don't know. Technically, you it did. counts. This is the best hotel room I've ever been in. Really? This that says a lot. This hotel is beautiful. I want to be like you when I grew up. Oh, thank you. And thank you for inviting me here. This of is so super dope. I love the fact we're not in the studio. I know. This is cool. I wish I had like some food and more time. And yeah. I expected a full spread. I I'm going right? to be honest. But I know. This this will have to do. <laughs> <laughs> you were in Boston a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. How was that show? It was fabulous. It wasn't too racist? Uh, That's what I think about Boston. Like Boston ev- is racist as fuck. But, you know, it's... I have fun because you go in and you truth tell, and you can do that with comedy. They they can take it, absolutely. Okay, as long as they can take it. If you know how to do it right, and you give them the right amount of honesty, you got to give them a one-two punch. Honesty, humor, honesty, humor, and uh, you. The goal is to make their the sphincter muscles open and close mm. at a rapid rate. Yeah, I'm sure that happened. I've been watching your journey. Mm-hmm. We we talked about this a little earlier, but how you kind of been able, especially for me, I love. Like, I'm obsessed with interviews. So I watch interviews all the time. And, of course, Sister Circle Live is one of the one of the uh, shows that you got opportunity to go on. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Because that's our daytime talk show. The right. real is cute, but Sister Circle Live is an African-American-led daytime talk show that's nationally syndicated. Right, right. It was great. Um, you get a little gift bag with uh, weed and... Um you get a little gift bag with some weed and some of that blue magic hair gel in. I'm just playing. I'm playing. Uh, but it's it's hella black, and I like it. I love seeing and being around black excellence, and that's what it is. It's an opportunity for us to really, again, come to the couch and talk about our experiences, mm-hmm. and, and that's what we need. We need to constantly be affirmed in a world that's always telling us, you know, um, that's not good enough. Black is dangerous. Black ain't, you know, I always joke now. There's a meme I saw online that said black 
is uh it's dangerous but it's lit you know and we really need to just be affirmed at all times it's only the only life i know mm -hmm. right i love it i'm so happy to be black right and we age well we, absolutely because i'm 80 i'm 47 you know. hey now <laughs> <laughs> my skin has mm -hmm. been like my pride and joy this last week i've been like i've been evolving into a skincare whore because mm -hmm. in the past i haven't been mm -hmm. i used to put alcohol on my face no that's the worst it dries your stuff out listen i thought that i was glitching the system i was like you know if your skin's dry you won't you you won't get breakouts mm -mm. no so clearly i didn't go to dermatology mm -mm. school alcohol is horrible for black people's skin we need to be using witch hazel i did not know that i'm a, I'm a witch hazel hoe now witch hazel and tea tree oil is the perfect one two punch i didn't know that i see i'm out there, i'm out there still that that what you use mm -hmm. i've been asking everybody about their skincare regimen your skin is phenomenal by Thank the you. way and himalayan sea salt drink a little bit put a little bit in your bath water uh i don't i don't take baths i haven't taken a bath in a year I, i'm yeah. shower i'm a, i'm a shower king sit your ass down in that bath i don't have time i don't have time, time. <laughs> it's per it does wonders you don't strike me as a person who has that much time to take baths no, I'm either take me a bath with, with the bubbles absolutely listen i feel like if there's no bubbles in the bath then what are you really then you doing ain't doing here? it right yeah you know i get in you know you just make a little time you don't have to sit in there for an hour um it's this i mean think about it when you turn the shower on what do you do you do everything except get in the shower so it's the same thing with the bath you just run the bath water by the time you get done, that would be the same amount of time you'd let that shower run. You got a bath. Uh, dump some sea salt in there. Dump a little witch hazel in there. Sit your ass down in there for five oh, or ten minutes. the witch hazel too? A little bit of witch hazel in the and water. And this is warm, right? Mm -hmm. A really, really warm shower. Mm -hmm. A bath. I'm sorry, a bath. Bath. And, you know, and sit down in that water. Put on a song. Some song that you like that's like mellow, chill, and just sit there and enjoy that song mm. for that four minutes wash and get out and you spent 10 10 minutes in that bath the thought of this sounds orgasmic it is oh my gosh it is oh we're, we're getting into this tonight mm -hmm. we i had to you gotta but do it i i got to I, I i report back stay tuned to my <laughs> ig story so especially in the comedy game you've been in the game for a minute now and I'm, I'm assuming you've uh you've seen the ebbs and flow in terms of like the queer black uh I, not resurgence, but I guess more the the opportunities, right? The, the queer black comics are kind of getting more opportunities and kind of being showcased in, in, on platforms they wouldn't normally have access to. Uh, what's the process been like for you? Um, does, does it feel like it's been as long as it's been? Now it doesn't uh, because I'm, I'm learning how to enjoy it now. You know, I'm learning how to enjoy it. Um, at one time I was very frustrated because like I was doing it and I just tell people like I'm, you know, I was one of the first, I was doing it before that became, let a them thing. know, let them know, you know, Please. so, um, there was a time where there were no black queer comics. Like I was one of the first ones and I would go out and especially in front of like these black Def Jam audiences, like I, that was the school I was a part of. You know, the end of like the original Def Jam, that's where I was. So I would go to do these black nightclubs where they were still booing people for not being funny. And then you had the nerd to get up there and say, oh, I'm gay. People would throw bottles. They would throw chicken wings. 
you know, and if you make black people throw their chicken wings, you know you done fucked up. You know, so they yeah, would throw. That's one thing we don't waste. We don't waste chicken wings with we the sauce. Waste, with we the make sauce waste a little on money, it. right? Bro, we ain't wasting no chicken. Ain't wasting no wings. Period. Um, they would be sitting outside waiting on the car, and you know all sorts of things. And and you know I'm into that if it's for a date, but these were people who wanted <laughs> to stupid. do harm, <laughs> and um. And and so it took a lot of courage. It took a lot of being in there and just, again, black people respond to courage and confidence. Mm. And standing up there and, and really standing in, in my truth, then it got to a point <clears throat> where some of these clubs I would go to where people were threatening me and shit like that. They would say, man, we're going to walk you out and make sure don't nobody fuck with you. Wow. I love that. And And so that's as far as the performance. As far as the business goes, there were no opportunities in the business that doesn't mean there weren't opportunities for me because where you don't see any you create some absolutely and so that's what i had to do i'm sure you'll get thanked enough but the represent but the representation you provide for so many aspiring comics and just queer people in general like i appreciate and mm -hmm. thank you for that i'm pretty sure you don't look at it that way i don't now you can't you know um because there was a time where i was just like people don't appreciate you know and that's ego I had to let that go. Yeah. I was like, this is not about me. That's not what you do. This it. Is, no. You know, um, I had to say, you know, this is about our stories. This is about the craft. This is about a young boy in Alabama or Georgia mm -hmm. or Florida somewhere who grew up <clears throat> the way that I did, feeling like they weren't enough, you know, feeling rejected all the time, feeling unloved, feeling um, that they had to compensate for their insecurities by trying to love everybody you know trying to show up in all these different ways right. that weren't understood or appreciated and um and really feeling alone in the world and wanting to have a voice i think about those boys and girls but for me those boys those black gay boys who are coming up who are going to want to express themselves and i don't want them to go through what I've had to go through in this business. Same. That's that's the reason why I create specifically queer black content. Like mm -hmm. I know how important it is and I know that's what I needed when I was growing up, right? Mm -hmm. Like shows like Noah's Ark and like the all the amazing things that Patrick has done in terms mm -hmm. of his content. Patrick, Maurice Jamal, um, Quincy and DeAndre. Um you know, there are a handful of black filmmakers, you know, Marlon Riggs, mm. um, you know, there are a lot of them who have created, but because it wasn't like some big theatrical thing, you know, they didn't get the the appreciation. Mm -hmm. For sure. So I want to talk to you a little bit about like, what was it like growing up in the Bay Area? Well, you know, um, I'm from D.C. Oh, you are? I'm from D.C. I, I thought you were from the Bay Area. No, I, I, I live partly in the Bay Area. You're a transplant. So how, how long have you lived in Cali? Seven years. Oh, so I, I yeah. made the mistake of assuming that you were there your whole life. Well, people, you know, people look at the city you're in and they're like, oh, you know, they, they um, uh, attribute, you, attribute you to that city. Yes. Um, very D.C., very southeast, you know, get a little, get a little vodka. I'm from Hennessy. Virginia. Get so out for real. What the, part? Uh, Hampton Roads, not Nova. Okay. My ex is from down there. Word. I'm from Virginia Beach. Yeah, my ex is from. Uh, I think he's from Hampton. Yes, but um, but down in that area. Yes, 
down in that area. Um, now I'm gonna have to see because it's gonna bug me. No, 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 no <laughs> so I'm all about a fact check. Take Shit. your time, beloved. Take your time. Now it's gonna bug me. Uh, so we be out here, Portsmouth. That's uh, where he's from. Yeah, right around the corner. He's from Portsmouth, Virginia. And um, he lives. He still lives in D.C. currently. No, I think he's in California. <laughs> he's in California. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm from D.C. You know, put a little Hennessy in my system, and it will. Southeast will come out. Uh, some mambo juice. Uh, something not juice. Mambo sauce. Mambo sauce. Did I say right? Music. Yeah, mambo sauce. You know, I've never had mambo sauce. When you go to D.C., get you some mumbo sauce. If you if they sell it in a store, don't get it from the store because that's bullshit. That's you almost my go, apprehension. I feel like I need to go to the mumbo sauce to spot. The hood. You got to go to um, Jim Shung carryout, you know, some shit like that, like split ho carryout, you know, fat ho carryout. So it's originated from like the Chinese restaurants. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was mm-hmm. our thing. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. The, the, the Chinese... You were giving me all my education today, and yeah. I appreciate it. Thank they, you. They, they give it to you in a little thing for 50 cents, or either you say, yeah, you know, I want fried chicken wings. Give me extra mumbo sauce, and nobody knows what mumbo sauce is. We do know one of the ingredients is cracked, for sure. Mm-hmm. It has um, to be. And a little it's sugar. T- it's, it's too. <laughs> it's, you know, because you start shaking and shit in your sleep. Crack you it. First some. of all, the stop playing, but niggas actually start like, let me let yeah, what, what's in that? You know, you start. You <laughs> gotta get little, be cracked. You get a little twitch, <laughs> you know, from the mumbo. Um, yeah, go go music. You know, Marionberry, Rock Creek Soda. You know, um, so I am so. Oh, I'm from DC. I, I feel of more of a kinship that you grew up right up the street, mm-hmm. a I'm couple family. hours away. Yeah, and I, I lived in Richmond for two years, so okay. I was in DC all the time. Yeah, hell yeah, depending you, on traffic. Yeah, um, so there and um, and my folks are from North Carolina, so I was raised with the Southern roots. Uh huh. Um, so 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 there's that. In a lot of ways, I'm a church boy at heart, even though I've kind of. Are you a PK or just grew up heavily in the church? Heavily in the church. Yeah. He- oh my God, it was traumatizing. Heavily. Um, Almost with a sort of guilt over me for, of course, being gay. Yeah. Um, for having, it's okay to have lust for people as long as you know how to control it and don't act on it. Essentially, uh, you can act on it, but it it depends on how you do it. Because um, it's a it's a normal human situation. Some people are consumed by it. You should lust. Be con- oh yeah. You know, some people are consumed by it. I've never been consumed by it, but it's nothing. I was over there at the park, you know, before you got here, and there was this boy sitting on the bench keeping tabs on the basketball game, and he looked good in his basketball shorts. And I, I was bet. like, damn, he looked good, as most of these niggas in New York do. Um, but, you know, you look at him and you keep it pushing. Why do you keep it Why, why do you keep it pushing, though? I, I, I imagine as much as you travel, there has to be like the at least sprinkle of loneliness and companionship that you're missing no i don't get lonely on the road um i don't i'm i'm always not even after the show you're here yeah you know it's i'm always around somebody you know um and and usually after a show i want a meal and i want to go chill out but i'm no you know and and especially now that i'm really learning how to like really be with myself Mm -hmm. i'm really enjoying the road was this an evolution yeah, it's. Definitely. I'm still dealing with it. Mm-hmm. I'm still very much so dealing with it. It's not that I don't like alone time, mm-hmm. but my love language is physical touch and mm-hmm. quality time. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean. Being single for me, being hella single specifically, is just a lot. Well, why are you single? I think that I desire a relationship that isn't just this fly by night, passive 
interim situation. Like, I, in, my, in my heart, I want to meet somebody who sees the same thing I see in them mm-hmm. um, and the level of intention. And I want to build together, not just two people who... You don't want to play games. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. My, 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 my game time is coming with... I, I definitely feel like I'm a little bit more mature in terms of age and, and like, what I want mm-hmm. out, of, out of love. Because I've experienced it before. I was in a long-term relationship. Mm. For four years. Okay. So I learned my lessons. I was in a long term relationship. Uh, seven months. I'm just playing. I was like, I'm not, <laughs> my, my next question: How long was it? <laughs> seven months. That's no, good though. Seven months is a long, long time. That was a long hard seven. No, I'm just playing. And when I say three. four years, it was like we we there were it was on and off. We broke up maybe two or three times, and the longest one was like three months. But we're still living together though. So okay. a breakup when y'all live in the same same house is not really a breakup. Breakup. Yeah, that's and that's a lot of sexual tension too. Absolutely. Yeah, well, well, what? No, and I was kidding about the seven months. My longest was actually uh, so far has been uh, five, five and a half years. I'm a very long term lover. Same. Yeah. My question is, what was that like, and what are some of the biggest lessons you learned? That particular situation was it? It really is about a lot of people get in these relationships and they focus on me. What do I need? And you do that in your alone time. That's why you have your own life. That's why you do your own thing and you pursue your own interests. When you're with a person, you really do need to focus on that person. Focus on how they communicate. Focus on understanding them. Focus on really getting to, you know, because like like I think, you know, we were talking about earlier, a lot of people, they get into relationships and they expect everything to just be fabulous, wonderful, to click. And... You can be around somebody who you like and y'all get along, you know, in that surface level. But then there are other ways where you have to build on and grow in compatibility. And, you know, there are a lot of people, you know, you meet them and everything is fireworks from the beginning and you get lazy. That always scares me when it's fireworks too soon. You, oh my God, we stay up all night and we talk and it, that's a problem. I don't have time for that, but it, so, a, it sounds good. <laughs> it sounds good. We, we talk and we connect and, you know, he can finish my sentences and, and you get lazy. Mm-hmm. But when it's somebody that where you, you feel that there's something there, you can feel that string, mm-hmm. even if y'all aren't talking or something is going on and you can just, you can feel that string of connection. And, um, but in a lot of ways, like you really have to grow into each other. Mm-hmm. That's a relationship that you want. Because you're always building. You're never comfortable. You should never get comfortable in a relationship. Never. It should always be dynamic. I feel red. Because that's the objective for me. Yeah. Is that you, should, you should never get comfortable in a relationship. You should always be in a space where there's a little bit of tension. Mm. And not necessarily because you're fighting and things, but because it's like you have to communicate. You have to step outside of a comfort zone a little mm. bit more. You're always growing into compatibility. Samson, sign me up. I need this relationship. That's, no, what, that's, what, that's what's healthy. That's the right way to do it. I agree. I think it's just a, it was a waiting game now, right? It's, it's one of those situations like this is what I desire, but I desire the right version of this, like the authentic version of this, not just – I think it's so easy to get caught up in situations where you want more, right? And then it's, I call it confirmation bias. So you want this thing and you kind of look for clues or evidence to support what you want already, especially when it comes to love. I think a lot of people know that the guy they're seeing or the situation just isn't right. It's not a good fit. There's something missing. It's not all the way there, but they continue anyway mm-hmm. out of 
in hopes that it could potentially grow, which it can, it can. or just just based on the the sheer comfort of having someone that they're seeing seriously, they're saying it. Like I don't want to say that I'm dating somebody unless I'm really invested in it. Mm-hmm. Um. Again, it's it's if you're willing to do that work, both people got to be willing to do it. Mm-hmm. It can work, you know. It's you know when there's a connection there, but a lot of people are afraid to because that means you have to evolve, and and that's not always um, that's that's not always a relationship that feels good. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that means really stepping outside of you putting your ego aside and learning you know what it is about this person so that you can fit fit or compromise sometimes it takes compromise yeah and really go in there because that allows you to grow in areas because usually it's that person has something that you need and you got something they need vice versa yeah and you start to grow and it really it can be it can be really beautiful but it's a lot of people want the they want the fluff they want to feel good you ever been in a situation where you thought the connection was real, but it just turns out to be like really, really strong sexual attraction? Because mm. good sex and sexual attraction, I feel like is is like literally the equivalent of getting doing crack. Oh, of course, of course. Um, that, Not that I've tried crack before, but I had no. I'm just playing. <laughs> but I imagine it to make you feel like it's equivalent to this. Well, love is a drug. Period. You know. Um, and good that good sexual chemistry of course it's it's wonderful but um i don't i i don't think that's enough to sustain um and you kind of learn that but when there are other things in there and i think you have to you either know what those other things are you have to like really uh be intentional about learning what they are you do so it just it depends what are your non-negotiables non-negotiables um a person who is so full of self-pity, I can't be around <laughs> it. Like always, my life, I'm a victim. I'm I'm so sad. The world is against me. I can't do anything to improve my life. And I hate that. How do you respond to that? Because I feel like I, my immediate response is I feel like maybe it's how you are viewing life. This is, a paradigm shift needs to occur. I feel like that's the worst thing to say when someone's spiraling to say shit like that. So mm-hmm. I try not to say anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just try to, to use it. I try to help them figure out why they feel that way. I'm like, well, what makes you feel that way? Like, why do you feel like a struggle, a struggle box, um, a struggle case? Um, and again, really getting to, because I mean, you can help each other grow. That's what a good relationship is about. Now, if it's to a point where it's not healthy, where it's just like this person is spiraling, they need therapy, they need medication, they need meditation, they need prayer, they need this and that, and they aren't trying to actively be in process, Mm -hmm. that's a problem. But if you see somebody trying and making even little teeny baby steps, um, that's still growth. And, And that's one of the things that I live by is, you know, Martin Luther King said it, you know, if you can't walk. No, he said, if you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. crawl. But by all means, keep moving. And um, and that's what life is about. There's something about a guy that you meet and you know they have so much self-work to be done. Mm-hmm. It's intimidating. Like, to me, I'm at a point now where it's like a dub. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't even... Like, I, I'm exhausted. I'm overwhelmed already. Mm-hmm. Especially... 
my thing now is like the internalized homophobia. Mm. Like whenever I see like a, a glimpse of that in a guy, it's like, oh, let me run for the hills. I because think we, they, I think we all have it though. We all have it. I do, but I think it. that it's important. Most guys don't recognize that they have it. I have it. I think it's just years of growing up in Virginia and like my entire childhood is enforced out of me. So I, act, I actively have to fight against all the, the, the homophobic thoughts that I have, right? Well, but I recognize it though. So it's not like, I feel like when you when there's a part of you that's toxic that you haven't recognized, you're still hurting other people, then the burden falls on you. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot for me these days. I just, I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I don't, I don't expect the guy to be perfect or a package deal, but I definitely think there's like a certain level of self-work that should have already been done in my opinion. Well, that's true. I think also though, um, I don't think we communicate enough and you have to communicate. Both people have to, usually if you can communicate, you can navigate anything else in there that, that may hurt a little bit or may not be easy to deal with or something that you might be dealing with, but both people have to be willing to be open and communicate at all times. Absolutely. Um, we're not mind readers. So were you actively dating in DC? Um, I was kind of dating. Um, I don't think I've tried hard enough. I actually, no, I don't think I tried hard enough. There were a couple of guys that I saw. Um, um, and actually when I wasn't trying, I did dating the right way. Like the in-person meeting? You know, um, I didn't really expect anything. I just, they were a guy that I like and I like hanging out with them. So we would just hang out. Um, so you know, I kind of did it and I just like hanging out with them and I didn't really go in there with feelings or intentions or anything like that. And really that's the way you're supposed to do it. But you know, if it's somebody that you really like, of course you get caught up. Um, and so, you know, there were some guys that I would hang out with and we never got to any relationships. We used to just used to chill at the house and hang out and go eat. And um, These were platonic relationships? We were messing around. You know, but I didn't expect anything. I was just right. like, you know, you're cool. And um, and that's really the way that you do it. And even though it didn't materialize, like there are people, like I have good memories about them. Yeah. Um, Low pressure situations are the best. Yeah. Because you're not in your head. Because the entire beginning of my dating life was I was in my head. Yeah. Like, how, is my shirt wrinkled? How do I look? What are they thinking about me? Do they like me? Did they, are they going to call me tomorrow? Right. Yeah, am I interested? Am I funny enough? Am I keeping them engaged? Like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah, I just that, can't. It's that's like, the best way. That's the best way to do it is because you start acting weird. You're not yourself. And really, like, you know. It then becomes performative. Absolutely. It becomes performative. And then, like, maybe if you change up a few little things or if you just, like, learn how to chill out or sometimes you start dating other people, you find somebody else that you really, really like. Mm-hmm. And then this other person realizes, like, you're more relaxed. Then they start liking you or some shit like that. And it's. It, it can be a lot, um, especially when you really like somebody. It's It's unnerving. I haven't had like a guy that I was head over heels with in a while because I think the last time, mm-hmm. yeah, it was one of those. Like I, you know, when you with a guy and you like him a lot, you start making really bad decisions based off of impulse and emotion. Oh, that was me. That was me. Usually they'll forgive you. Sometimes you might scare them a little bit. Um, All is forgiven. Eventually, if they really like you, they'll forgive you and you chill out. Um, if they really like you, but if it's somebody and they, yeah, it's it can be hard because it's like you freak out a little bit because you like you want to do it, and and you you can you can scare them off. Um, but if they really like you, they'll come back. Yeah, that's they usually come back. 
They usually come back. And you just have to like grow from that. And and I think really, if they care about you enough, there's enough space to be honest and say, hey, I didn't mean that crazy, but it's just, I need, and you don't got to tell them how you feel about them and all that shit like that, but just be like, you know, I just got to work on some stuff. You know, we're human. I believe you understand that. So I'm just like, let them know. You just know. put that so beautifully. Yeah, let them know. Hey, you I know, would be understanding. Yeah, no pressure. You know, I understand this is a no pressure pressure situation, but it's just like I just deal with a lot. I maybe don't respond well, and I see where I can improve, and I'm in process. Oh, and it's just so logical. It makes sense. Hey, you know, and, and we all, you know, in some area or another have could have done a little bit better. And, and if they really like you and they understand, like you say, hey, you know, no pressure. You know, I made some bad decisions. I put a lot of pressure on myself. Yeah. And it's not just about you. This is just the way I live my life. And it really showed me, like, I need to chill out and I need to just approach things differently. So it's like no pressure. And I yeah, hope you understand You were dropping all that. the gems. You yeah. were dropping all the, I appreciate it. But yeah. everybody doesn't have the same level of emotional intelligence as you. Because you develop it. You mm -hmm. you make mistakes. Um, so you and always at this level. This is a. This has been a... You grow, evolution. You, you reflect. Yeah. You, if you're taking the time to step out of your feelings, and most of the time, you know, step into the other person's the other person's shoes a little bit, um, and really, you should always be again looking at how you can get better. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you'll be okay. I love it. So before we go, mm -hmm. I want to know. I asked all the comics, would you ever date another stand-up? No. Okay. Tell me why. Cause I feel like it'll be the literally that all your no, sex no, and that relationship nope. would be the shit. Nope, I've seen it happen and it's not pretty. With two um, queer comics or just comics in general? Oh, I haven't seen a lot of because it's not a lot of us. Right. I'm pretty sure they've slept. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's happened. Um, that's just not my cup of tea. I either a would <laughs> love to be with somebody who's not in the business. Or if they are in the business, somebody who's more behind the scenes, like we operate at different levels in the business. Right. Yeah. I don't, not, not another artist. Plus it's, we, we crazy a little bit. We weird. So it's, that's a lot of, these sound like pros to me. I'm like, y'all understand these each other's crazy. No, we yeah. don't. <laughs> I feel like I would. No. I feel like the material, it would be material for days. Like y'all would be getting standing O's. I think that it would get messy if you break up. Cause y'all know y'all have no filter and y'all say it all. That would be not my deal breaker. Fuck that. So after you were dating, say, let's just say, right? It mm -hmm. won't happen. Let's say you were. What would be off limits in terms of like the set or any bits involving the breakup? I would apply the same thing that I do to all my other. Like, I mean, first of all, I've, most of my relationships have been long term uh -huh. um, and um, we're still cool. I've always felt like, you know, if you spent X amount of years or, or, or time with somebody, they become a, a part of your life fabric, the fabric of your story. Um, and that counts for something unless they try to kill you or some shit like that. But, you know, if y'all break up, um, I think you can go. If you can be friends, that's cool. You know, but go your way. Um, respect it for what it was. Respect that person. And like my ex, um, I have, I've talked about the situations on stage, but I've never been like, yeah, this motherfucker used to walk around the house and do that. And they used to do some wild shit. But I've always let them know, you know, and we've had this conversation, even though we might not be moving forward here, 
Um, I respect you. I want you to respect me. I'm not going to speak ill of you to anybody. And I ask for that same respect. And we have that understanding. So even if they come to one of my shows, they know I might talk about a situation. But you won't use their name and refer to the relationship. I won't talk about their name. I won't tell their business. Um, you know, these are men that I've loved. So, you know, if you genuinely loved somebody, that doesn't change. Right. Samson, you are a class act. We you are try. so classy. I try. I, try. <laughs> I try. That's all you can do. Uh, before yeah. we go, I want to make sure everybody listening gets your social media contact. Yes. Um, so first of all, you have to go to www.sampsoncomedy.com. S-A-M-P-S-O-N comedy.com. Um, you know, it's a very pretty, simple website. Um, it's pretty to look at. It's really simple, easy to navigate. My tour dates are in there. I have, I think, three or four comedy albums out. You can preview those. Um, I'm not recording another one until we, I think we've sold, one of them sold 7,000 copies. If we get to 10, I might record another one. Uh, listen, and, we can hold you to it. Yes, yeah, 7,000 copies for no record label push or anything was incredible. Um, and something I'm very proud of. Um then uh, who knows i might record again but anyway um i have three or four books out those are on the website um videos i don't i need to go visit the website i think we used to have like (laughs) yeah like mental health resources and you know um homeless shelters and it's very community oriented and art oriented and very black and beautiful and stuff uh, and then, of course, Instagram, which is my favorite right now, at Samson McCormick, S-A-M-P-S-O-N-M-C-C-O-R-M-I-C-K, just at Samson McCormick, um, where you will see my beautiful brown ass. Um, and then uh, I'm on Facebook and Twitter, you know, I don't know if, if you want to follow me on Twitter, at Official Samson. Um, but yeah, SamsonComedy.com and Instagram at Samson McCormick. And that's where you will experience me the best online. And, of course, I'm on YouTube. We appreciate you. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate you. Thank you. Do you got time to stick around for the after show? Okay. All right, y'all. That was Hella Sago. Peace. <laughs>